Hello and welcome to Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work to Be Well. Here with me today to talk about LGBTQIA and mental health are a couple of high school students from the National Student Advisory Council, Dominic and Mia. Thank you so much for joining me today. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor is it implied, to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Now that the disclaimer is out of the way, let's dive in and get started. I'm hoping that you can each introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, what grade you're in, what pronouns you use, and why is this topic important to you? Hi, everyone. Um, I am Dominic. I am a senior at Providence High School in Burbank, California. As of two days ago, I go by he, him, and they, them. Um, I don't mind either which, that's fine. And um, the reason why this is important to me is because I, like um, Mia will mention soon, um, I am also bisexual. And um, because I'm bisexual, I have, you know, firsthand experience with having, you know, mental health and also being in the LGBTQ plus community. So I want to be able to, you know, bring my personal experience and I want to be able to help others who are going through, you know, similar situations like I did. Hey guys, I'm Mia Reese. Um, I am a freshman at Grants Pass High School. I'm over here in Oregon and my pronouns are she, her. Um, this topic is so important to me because, like Dominic said, I am bisexual. So um, being part of this community, I just want to let others know that are experiencing um, just going through the stages of realizing who they are, that it's okay to be you and that you are accepted and that you are not alone. Hey, I'm B. I'm a junior from Ripon, California, and um, I use they, she pronouns. Um, LGBTQIA plus mental health is important to me because I am a part of that community and I really advocate for um, helping other people because I myself um, have really learned to come far in that area and I have watched other people grow as well. So, Well, I'm going to tell you that this topic is also really, really important to me. My daughter is transgender. She uses she, her pronouns and she is absolutely fabulous, amazing, and all that, and a bag of chips. So I know that it would be uh, really important to share and to really open up a conversation about what is the LGBTQIA plus community? I mean, people see the acronyms and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm educated. I get it. My daughter's transgender. Um, but a lot of folks don't know. So what is the LGBTQIA plus community? Um, so I get it, you know, I, it, it's difficult to keep up with it and acknowledging that it's difficult to keep up with it, but still trying to is so, so impactful. So the LGBTQIA plus community is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, Q questioning or queer, intersex and asexual. And then the plus is anything encompasses anything that isn't necessarily heterosexual or cisgender. Um, so, you know, anything that you know, encompasses everything else that's not cisgender and heterosexual. Um, and I think that was all I had to say. I don't know why I keep trying to talk. So 
Is there a crisis in the LGBTQIA plus community? And if so, why? Yes, there is most definitely a crisis, um, a mental health crisis among the LGBTQIA plus community. If you haven't already seen it, I highly suggest that you look at the recent um, research that the Trevor Project has released um, regarding, you know, especially, you know, mental health issues among the LGBTQ plus community, especially among the trans community. Um, there is an evolving mental health crisis currently. There is a lack of accessibility to resources. There is a seemingly growing hate towards individuals in the community based off of something that they literally cannot control. And there just seems to be, you know, a growing, you know, disdain and not non-acceptance, you know, this community. And I think that that's boiling over into a mental health crisis among this community. I mean, the suicide rate is higher and significant mental health issues are, you know, more um, likely among LGBTQIA individuals. And so there is a crisis. So why do you think the rate of, of mental illness and suicide is so much higher among teens who identify with LGBTQIA communities than with cisgender. I think the suicide rates and um, the amount of people that have mental illnesses in this community is so much higher because there is so much hate that comes with um, being a part of the LGBTQIA plus uh, community. Um, it's really hard that on a daily basis, you could have the possibility of getting hate crime. You have neg negativity coming left and right. You have, if you haven't come out yet, you have to go every day um, with the weight of just not being accepted. And I think that it is so hard to go through that every day. And anyone that can deal with that is such a strong person. So I want to paint a picture for everyone that's listening right now um, to sort of answer this question. So just imagine yourself, okay? You know, you're in high school and the second you walk into high school, let's say, you know, you identify as a man or a male and your nails are painted. So someone comes up to you and they point out the fact that your nails are painted and they make fun of you. They might call you a slur. They might call you something else related to the issue. And every day while you're in high school, um, you are told that because of your sexuality, because of your, you know, your gender, you are somehow less than another individual. And it gets to the point where you start believing them because you just hear it so often. You start asking yourself, is this true? Am I less than this? No, I can't be. But what if I am? Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Maybe this is happening because I am less than. Maybe I am all the things that people are telling me. People start leaving you out of situations, out of parties, out of friend groups because of your sexual identity or your gender identity. And people start saying things behind your back because of something that you cannot control. So now you're in this situation. Now you tell me why this, the rate of mental health issues and suicide is higher among LGBTQ plus communities. I would be shocked if it wasn't. Under these conditions, this is why. Because people are treated like subhumans. They are treated less than others for something they can't control to the point that they start believing it themselves. They diminish their own worth. And then they get to the point where they don't think that they're even worth living anymore. So I think that that at its core is the reason. The way we treat others, our lack of acceptance and you know, just our terrible behavior is 
part of the reason why there's, you know, higher rates among the LGBTQ plus community. You know, I'm so glad that you said that story in that way, Dominic, because you got me thinking about something that I know is really present, um, not only in high schools in Oregon, but in high schools in other parts of the country where affinity symbols like pride flags, Black Lives Matter flags, all things like that have been banned. Um, different school policies have come in that have impacted especially LGBTQ plus communities. And I'm wondering if any of you have thoughts around how important is it for you to feel affinity within your school? How does that matter? And, and what kind of things have you faced in your school because you're LGBTQIA+. Um, I know for me, it's been very um, different opinions coming from a ton of different places. I know we have a very strong um, GSA at our school, which I am the vice president of. So I um, am always talking to my fellow officers and just the... Um, members in general. We have kind of a older, younger sibling thing going on where older um, LGBTQIA kids kind of take younger ones under their wing, um, which I think really helps the whole community um, in our school. But then on top of that, people know who we are and how affiliated we are with um, GSA as a whole in the LGBTQ community, and that really gets hate sent our way. And it really um, brings up the discussion between me and my fellow officers just last Tuesday about certain people just constantly, I guess, sending hateful comments, hateful looks towards me, me and my girlfriend, me and my um, friends in general, and it's just very, very um, interesting to see all the different perspectives and how they all mash together to make everyone question what's the actual standing of how out we can be in the school as a whole. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, B, because that that's really, really important, and, and I appreciate the personal experience of, of what it's like to feel that that hatred from people because you identify and are taking care of and mentoring um, the youth who are coming up and who are alone and who are in. Yeah, and, and I'd love to add on to this. How important is having these, you know, affinity science groups? It's extremely important to know that, you know, there is an, there is an environment around you that is protective, that is safe to be in because as the Trevor Project's recent research has shown, so many students who are, who are, you know, identify with the LGBTQ plus community don't feel safe in school environments, and they don't feel like they are supported and protected in these environments. Even using, you know, someone's preferred or proper pronouns can reduce the risk of suicide by like an, um, an unimaginable percentage. And that's how important it is to set up these important, you know, these safe environments for people to be in. Um, and, and that's why recent decisions around the country, like the one in Newburgh, um, Oregon, are really, really, you know, disheartening. They, you know, they're banning affinity symbols like Black Lives, Black Lives Matter flags and, you know, pride flags in their school communities 
because they call it a distraction. And I want to make something very clear. My identity and the identity of the students at your schools is not a distraction. And it will never be a distraction. That is their identity. And they have the right to express their identity and to accept their identity and to have their identity present in their lives. And it is, and I have experienced similar things. At my school, you know, I've been called the Esler. I have been relentlessly bullied for my sexuality. I've been excluded from friend groups. I've been all of this. I've I've because I do come from a Catholic school and there are certain expectations at the school. And and I'm not saying that comes from the administration. Honestly, it comes from students who are filled with ignorance still. And it's persistent among our religious communities. And that's what I've experienced. And it's hard. And after a while, you start believing what people say about you. And it took me years to get to the point where I'm like, no, what you say about me doesn't change my self-worth. So yes, I've experienced it. And honestly, I think every student who goes to school and identifies with this community has experienced it. And I also just want to put an emphasis on how important I think it is that school is a safe place. Because if you really think about it, how much time do we spend at school? We spend five days a week there, eight hours. We have clubs, extracurriculars. We spend more time at school than we do at home. And school should be a place that we feel loved, that we feel accepted, and that we can be who we are. And when it isn't, imagine how hard that is for those kids, and especially those kids that already aren't accepted in their homes. So it should be a very big priority for school systems to make sure that those students are feeling accepted and that they are allowed to be who they are. You know, I, I so appreciate you all being so vulnerable and sharing your experiences in schools because it's so important. I got a call just yesterday from my daughter who is in college and it's a trans awareness week this week, as you, as many people know, and we're recording this during Trans Awareness Week. You may not be hearing it during Trans Awareness Week. And there had been a vote in their student Senate to support, you know, Trans Awareness Week and to support trans lives and, and about trans lives matters. And there were several students in the Senate who said, well, you know, I'm not going to support this because being transgender is an opinion. It's, it's not actually, you know, it's a belief. It's an opinion. It's not actually who you are, it's who you believe you are. And uh, so proud of her because she uh, went and spoke her truth and told her truth, but there's a risk. She's transgender and there's such an increase in violence against transgender communities. And how are we gonna prevent that rise in violence against you know LGBTQ+, especially transgender individuals, Dominic? being more accepting and allowing these conversations to happen in an open and in a safe environment is the first step to preventing violence. Because unless we talk about these conversations and we understand these conversations and we move forward in a progressive manner, this will continue to happen. And Dr. Robin, I actually have a question for you. As, a, as the mother of someone who's transgender, how do you deal with you know the pressure of other people telling your daughter who she is or who she isn't and how do you deal you know with the the threat that is against you know the trans community how do you process that and do you have any advice for parents who are going through similar circumstances no i appreciate you asking that question um there's a lot of sleepless nights you know 
I want her to be able to live her life and to be safe and to be out there. And she's very out there. She uh, is a protester. She goes to protests routinely. And so we made sure that she had the things that she needed to be safe in a protest. She has very wild orange hair. So she's got a cap that she can put it up in. So she's less easily identifiable. Um, but she also has, uh, you know, she has mace and she has towelettes to get bear mace off of herself. And she has, uh, you know, a, a flashlight that is a taser. And when you buy your daughter a flashlight that's a taser that she can put on her keychain because you're afraid that someone is going to hurt her as she's walking to her car. These weren't things that were in the parenting handbook, but having the open conversations with her about you are out there, you are right. What you know, you are out there as a, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, amazing human being. And I'm going to do everything I can to protect her. So I keep, we have an agreement. Um, even though she's an adult, I can find her on my iPhone and it's not because I want to know where she is and I'm spying on her, but it's because if something happens, I need to know where she is and I need her GPS coordinates so that we can find her and she can be safe for Christmas. Hopefully this won't run before Christmas. Um, you know, you've seen those commercials for life alert. You know, I've fallen and I can't get up. Well, they now have necklaces that are identity guard necklaces that look just like a regular necklace that you can click and that texts five people and the police to where you are in case you're in trouble and somebody's assaulting you. And so thinking about those types of things and buying those things for my child for the holidays, that's a lot. But as a parent, I'm going to do everything I can to support my child, to love my child, to celebrate and make sure that she's safe at the same time. So that's what I do. Um, me or B, do you have thoughts around, around transgender safety and what it is that we can do? I think the one thing that I would also add in there, B, do you want to go ahead and jump in? I was just going to agree that opening the discussion up to everyone surrounding, you know, parents, uh, educators, mentors, and just Everyone needs to know that, you know, that violence towards the trans community isn't okay in the slightest. It's something that needs to um, have attention brought to it. And it's not like we're just going to say it doesn't happen because we don't want it to happen. It does happen. And that's what needs to be paid attention to. We need to work on getting that amount of violence um, brought down rather than just ignoring it and saying it'll go away. We need to educate people, especially people in like higher power that have control over others in any way, whether that be parents or educators or bosses, so on and so forth. And just they need to know that um, if they have control over any sort of person that's being hateful, they need to be one of the people that puts a stop to it because it's not okay. And it's just because they're not the ones doing it does not mean that they can't help put a stop to it. You can't just be a bystander and expect everything to go the way you want it to. Absolutely. You know, I had the, the pleasure of going with my daughter to uh, a protest in Newburgh. Dominic, you had mentioned Newburgh and we went out to stand with the students she came up from college and I met her down in Newburgh and we went out to stand with the students 
in solidarity in support of Black Lives Matters and in support of the LGBTQIA+. And there were teachers and students and it was an amazing opportunity. And during the protest, people would drive by and hurl slurs and say horrible things. And the students had a response every time. And that response was, we love you, we love you, because they wanted people to know that they don't return hate to hate, that they return love to hate. And if we can begin to figure out how we return love to hate and how we become a loving and more encompassing society, I think it was very, very moving. And, and I just think that whole idea of words matter. And I think for you all as LGBTQIA plus students, you have had words hurled at you that hurt. How do those words impact your mental health? Whew, I'm getting a little choked up here. I'm sorry, guys. Whew, how do they impact my mental health? They have a significant impact on my mental health. Being told these terrible things makes you feel terrible. And being told that you're unworthy makes you feel like you're unworthy. And I don't think people realize, you know, how connected our internal, you know, processes, our feelings, our emotions are to the outside world. And how often marginalized communities internalize external hate. And, and I think that that's something that we need to discuss more because yeah, it's easy to pretend like it doesn't bug you that you just, you know, wipe it off your shoulder that it's just dirt off your shoulder. It's easy to pretend that. And I do that. I'm, I'm not immune from that. I do that all the time, but it does hurt. It, it's a, it's a sustaining pain. It's a persisting pain that knocks you down. And that makes you feel like you're not worthy, makes you believe everything that people are telling you. And, and it's significantly impacted my mental health for years. And it's taken me years to get to the point where I can start believing that I'm not worthy and it's a, that I'm not not worthy. And it's a long journey. I have a long journey ahead of me before I can get to the place where I am completely accepting of myself and my identity. But in conclusion, to conclude, it significant, significantly impacted my mental health to the point where I was believing that I was less than, that I was worthless because of what other people were telling me. And, and I know that applies to at least all the students uh, that are you know, dealing with the same circumstances. And like I said in my last um, filming, I'm going to say it again, no matter what anyone tells you, you are worthy of love, appreciation. You are worthy. You are more than worthy. And no matter what anyone ever tells you, that will never change. I completely agree with you, Dominic. Hearing all those hateful words, it is so, so emotionally draining. And um, just because you're, you're hearing all those hateful words because you're being who you are. If you think about it that way, you're getting all this hate because you're being who you are. And in my case, just loving who you love. That is insane to me how much hatred people get for just loving someone. At the end of the day, everyone is just trying to be happy. Everyone's just trying to get through life. And I think that it is so sad that people get told all of this on a daily basis. And I just want to say, whoever's out there listening, that you know what? It's okay. And everything's going to be okay. And 
you are not alone and you are not what they call you. You are freaking amazing. Um, I want to say that I definitely agree with both of you. Um, just mentally, I know a lot of people that I've talked to and, you know, everyone or most people in the community very much struggle with themselves and obviously the um, people that throw hate towards them. I know for me, it's take, it took me a long time to even uh, admit it to myself. And then when I finally did and I finally came forward about it, I was faced with hate from my school. I have heard hateful comments from the community around me, from the my peers at school, from some of my own family, and it hurts. It digs deep into you and you think about it, you know, just every time you hear something new, whether it's positive or negative, those negative thoughts will still come back to kind of haunt you. And everything that negative that has ever been said to me still kind of haunts me to this day. And I know it's like that for a lot of other people in the community because we're constantly getting that negativity everywhere. And there's a lot of positivity too, but positivity does not stick with you as much. It's the negative things that really, really get to you. And <laughs> with that being said, like you both were saying, I want to just put to everyone out there that it will be okay. You'll learn to admit it to yourself, love yourself for who you are. And with that will come the community around you and society as a whole, hopefully coming to accept you as well. You know, I, I really want to thank you for sharing so openly what I know so many of our listeners are feeling. And you all have, have come to a place where you can openly talk about these things and you can openly share what that pain has been like in your world. Where do you go for help? What are the trusted resources that you use, that you look to, to go to for help when you're struggling? Dominic. I am in a particularly privileged position because I have two dads. So I can rely on them for guidance. Um, they both grew up during the AIDS epidemic, which I can't even begin to imagine what that must have been like. They've been through family issues related to their sexuality, friends issues, all of it. And so to have them in my life, I, I'm so, I'm beyond privileged and beyond grateful to have those you know, mentors in my life guiding me through this community and accepting me and never questioning my sexuality, my identity, and always being there for me no matter what. But not everyone has the same opportunities. And so one of the resources that I would suggest you utilize if you don't, if you're not in the same situation, which many people aren't, is the Trevor Project. 1000%. They have a call line, a text line, and they have an online chat forum and they even have a safety procedure on their website where I think if you click, maybe you click shift five times and it closes the tab immediately. I'm not sure. You'd have to look. It says it on the website. They have lists of resources. They have ways that you escape three times. Thank you. Yes, escape three times. 
They have ways that you can, you know, they have other resources linked on their page. It's a wonderful resource. There's a hub, there's advice, all of it. I highly, highly suggest that you utilize the Trevor Project. It is a wonderful resource. So personally, a resource for me is my best friend. Um, I'm so blessed to have her. She has helped me through so much. But for those of you that possibly aren't out yet and are needing some advice or help or something to relate to, to know that you are not the only one going through this, I'd recommend the Gay Lesbian, the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network. Um, they are an amazing online resource and they have blogs that you can read that are super relatable and that also has some comedy. I was reading through some of them and they're really good. And they also, for you, uh, for those of you that have not come out, they have a coming out um, PDF and it helps you come out to your friends, to your home and your home life, um, safety that surrounds it, boundaries that you need to create. And I think that um, if you are in that time of need, it is a great resource and you should definitely go check it out. So for me, one of the resources I heavily use is the um, Gender Sexuality Alliance at my school. Um, that is a very safe place. I'm, like I said earlier, the school in general might not be as much, but that club itself, the community we created in that club is definitely a safe space. And um, so if you have one at your school, maybe try looking into it. Um, and another thing that I suggest is researching pride centers in your area. Um, one thing that um, one of my friends just discovered the other day was we have a very conservative town, but we also have a pride center, I think about 10 minutes away from us in a different city. And we didn't know that until Tuesday a few days ago. And we shared it with our whole uh, club. We shared it with the people who need it. And I just really suggest researching your area and pride centers around you because it can really help. I, I just, I, I am just so amazed and so proud and so blessed to get to spend time with you today on Talk To Be Well. I want to thank you all for being so vulnerable and sharing your wisdom, your experiences, um, your great advice. I love all the resources. We're going to make sure that those resources are on the Work To Be Well uh, page and are, and are attached in here with this podcast so that, that if you're looking for help, you know where these great resources are. But I want to take us back to what, what Dominic had said and what you all have believed, you know, really brought forward, which is you are enough. You are worthy. You are amazing. And you are loved. Thank you again for joining us on Talk To Be Well. If you are in need of mental health supports and resources in the LGBTQIA plus community, many of those resources like the Trevor Project, um, the GLESN, and, and of course, the GSA, the, the Gender Sexuality Alliance within our schools uh, will be again found out there so that you can, can locate those because that community and that support is essential and important whether you are out or not. 
If you are looking for support with your mental health, please look for us at providence.org. And for parents, teachers, and students, please check us out at worktobewell.org. Be safe out there, love your fellow human, and let's be a better society. Be well.